0: When I found you, I saw raw, untamed power, and beyond that, something truly special. Hey guys, this is Gareth here. I know we haven't released a podcast in weeks. I've been trying to organise one. Rob's uh, not answering back. Dave wants to do one, but then his brother's not saying anything, so it's all a bit iffy, but um, I don't really have a plan. I'm just turning my microphone on because I want to talk about uh, The Last Jedi. I saw it uh, Thursday morning at 3.30am in IMAX 3D. It was pretty um, interesting of an experience because I've never gone to a cinema like that sort of time I kind of wanted to go for like the midnight showing but that was tagged on to you had to go see uh, episode 7 The Force Awakens, you had to go see it first at like 9 o'clock in the evening and then straight after that it led into episode 8 and I just didn't have the stamina for that so I booked half 3 in the morning instead uh, had a bit of sleep went to that afterwards had a McDonald's breakfast and came home and slept so Um, obviously, goes without saying, I'm a huge Star Wars fan. Um, the original trilogy is one of my favourite things in the world, not even just favourite films. Like, I knew all of those films front to back before I even, like, had memories. (laughs) Like, before my earliest memory, I already had seen all of Star Wars a bunch of times. Like, it's just ingrained within me, and I fucking love it. I'll even defend the prequels, um... Like, obviously, they're not the best films ever made. But there's still a lot of stuff that I enjoy in there. There's, they're not bad films like everyone everyone goes on about. Um, I loved The Force Awakens. Um, it, like, even just watching the trailer, the first trailer for The Force Awakens this morning, still kind of made me well up. It just gets me so emotional because I just love Star Wars so much. And I really enjoyed uh, Rogue One as well. I know it has sort of... Um, Mixed opinions about it, but I really, really enjoyed it. Um, kind of front to back. So, you know, I went to see episode 8 at half 3 in the morning, so I'm pretty dedicated to my Star Wars. And this film was. It was good. It was definitely good. It was not bad. I just wish it was a lot better. Um, the stuff about it that I loved. Like there's there's some stuff in this film that is some of the best Star Wars stuff, like full stop, like some of the best stuff that's ever been in any Star Wars film in the past, whatever, however long they've been out, like forty years. Is that too many years? Past forty years, um, just incredible stuff. There's also some stuff that I uh, really did not like. And I will go into that. I will, I will talk spoilers, but not. I'm not going to go into spoilers now. I absolutely despise spoilers. I am the kind of person who will stay off the internet for like 24 hours after an episode of Game of Thrones until I get to watch it. Because I don't want anything spoiled for me. So I'm kind of um, kind of extreme when it comes to no spoilers. So there'll be no spoilers. Um, until the point at which I clearly define there will be spoilers. You'll have plenty of time to turn this off if you've not seen the film yet. But, um, so I'll speak generally for now so The Last Jedi uh, it's kind of two films uh, squished together there's the Ray stuff which is op- clearly set up obviously at the end of the previous film The Force Awakens she is it's not a spoiler to say she's training with Luke Skywalker it's in the trailers it was clearly going to happen from the end of the last film so she's kind of off over that side of the galaxy trading with Luke Skywalker the other half is what's going on with the Rebels with you know Finn and Poe Dameron and BBA and Leia all that stuff is like it's own separate film almost the stuff with Rey I fucking loved basically every single scene of hers on the island with Luke and all the stuff that happens because of that where that leads every single piece of that I fucking loved like 10 out of 10 If that had just been its own, like, an hour long film with just that stuff in, I would have fucking loved the shit out of it. Then there's this other film with all the rebels, which kind of feels like one of the new J.J. Abrams Star Trek films. It's got, like, a weird tone to it that, in my opinion, doesn't really fit with what's going on with all the Rey stuff. There's a weird plan, which doesn't really make sense, and the way it's executed is bullshit and just. Like you watch it and you go, why did they write this into the film? None of this none of this flows, none of this makes sense. The the predicament they're in is just flat out ridiculous. It's fucking terrible. I I won't ruin it, obviously, because this is the non-spoiler section, but the way they get into that section is poorly explained. The way they get out of it is not well done. What happens in that entire side plot of this film is baffling like we go to planets and places that don't fit in in my opinion with this film's tone they want it you know they want it to be the dark middle chapter which has become the cliche in any trilogy the middle chapter is the dark one There's kind of the Ray stuff yeah you could get away with that stuff being the dark middle chapter there's a There's a lot of emotion and very gritty shit going on there, even though it's, you know, a Star Wars film, it's Jedi's and the Force and all that mumbo jumbo. But there's a lot going on there and it's it's very grown up. Like a kid seeing this Star Wars film might not understand all of what that stuff's trying to say. Which is super interesting. And then you got this other stuff which feels like it's made specifically for kids. Um it's just wacky adventure for the sake of adventure. nothing it feels like nothing of consequence happens, even though at least a stuff of consequence happening by the end of the film It's like the most time wasty bullshit. This is a long film the long the length didn't bother me because I'm watching a Star Wars film. you know the my inner child is just glaring up at a cinema screen ridiculously happy because it's a Star Wars film. Like, I'm not... This film could have been twice the length and I would have not complained at the at the length. But it feels like the length comes from all this time-wasting in the Rebel storyline, which I don't see why it had to happen at all. Oh, it, I... Like, there are so many ways it could have been improved. You could have cut half an hour off this film and lost nothing... Absolutely nothing of consequence. You may have lost a little bit of character stuff. Maybe a cameo or two that didn't actually matter. But it's so disappointing. Like I don't want to have to sit here and say I give a Star Wars film 6 out of 10. But if I had to give it a rating, that's what I would have to give it. Just so many glaring oversights. In terms of story writing. And it really it does make me nervous because the director, uh Ryan Johnson, he's gonna be doing his own Star Wars trilogy. You know, after 789 wraps up, it looks like the Star Wars films after that will be a, a Rian Johnson trilogy. He directed this film. I don't think it's a great film. It's good, but it's not great. It's not to me, The Force Awakens was like fucking great. I absolutely loved it. I've watched that film probably like six times since it came out. Um, I saw it twice in cinemas. I'll watch it every few months on my Blu-ray. It It's fucking superb, start to finish. This film is not. This film is half superb, half shit that if I get it on Blu-ray, I'll fast-forward through. Which I can't believe I'm saying that about a Star Wars film. But unfortunately I am. This feels like I'm being really negative. I should I should really... I should hammer home how great the Rey stuff is. She is a character that we saw grow very quickly over the course of Force Awakens, and then in this film, she's coming to terms with like, I am this fucking insanely powerful Jedi all of a sudden, and I don't really know where this comes from, what I'm supposed to do with it, and her sort of confusion. We can all... Kind of relate to that, you know. At some point in your life, you realize, like, oh shit, I'm like six foot tall and I can overpower somebody. Like, you know, when you're a teenage boy, all of a sudden shit's happening to you, and you, there's explanations, but it's a different thing to go through it yourself. Same with a teenage girl, they go through, you know, stuff that I can't even imagine. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm Comfortable admitting that. But, you know, we can all relate to that. Rey has this thing awakening inside her. And she has a ton of questions about it. And that is very compelling. Um, All the stuff that happens between her and Luke. Fucking perfect. All the stuff with Kylo Ren in it in this film. is outstanding. All the sort of things that come to light over the course of the film. I fucking loved. Just the... Even little things. Like little... Interactions, watching Luke go about his day-to-day life on this island is hilarious. Uh, that stuff is perfect. The ending of the film is not great, in my opinion. Uh, it doesn't leave me excited to see another one. Not that every film needs like a cliffhanger. Ooh, I want to see the next one like straight away. You know, not that every film needs that, but the state of the world by the end of this film. It's not a world I'm that interested in revisiting, to be perfectly honest. I'm more excited about the Han Solo standalone film that we're going to get next year. But maybe that's just me. Uh, A lot of the reviews... uh, I see people saying this is the best Star Wars film. I think those people are actually insane. This is not the best Star Wars film. This is is a good Star Wars film. This is half of an amazing Star Wars film. And half of a kind of shit film. It's a strong word, but I do think almost everything that happens with the rebels in this film is dog shit. And it's really disappointing. I do think, um, you know, The the Force Awakens, a lot of people were like, well, it's just the exact same plot from A New Hope. Which leads you, when you're watching this film, you kind of can't help but look for parallels between this film and, you know, episode five. Um, Empire Strikes Back, you can't help but look for those similarities, and there are definitely some, but they don't feel, um, contrived. It kind of works, and it's not, um, it's not to the film's detriment, though they are there. It's not necessarily to the film's, to the film's fault. So that's me giving you my general thoughts. If I had to give it a rating out of 10, I'd give it a 6, um... Which, for me, is depressingly low for a Star Wars film. Um, A series that I've loved since before I knew what love was. So, if you just want to know whether you should see this film, I say yes. And uh, if you do go see it, maybe listen to the rest of this podcast uh, afterwards. I don't know how long I'm going to talk about spoilers. um, But I suspect it'll probably be a decent amount of time because there's a lot to say that I haven't already said. So... We'll be back with a podcast, a regular podcast, very soon, I hope. Hope you have a very happy Christmas and a great new year. We are the spark that'll light the fire that'll burn the First Order down. Come on! This is not going to go... Show me my place in all this. Okay, we enter spoilers for The Last Jedi. So I'll just jump right to the very, very end. Um, The way the ending plays out with Luke Skywalker projecting himself across the galaxy... Awesome. That's great. Why does he then just die? They don't make that clear at all. You could say he used up so much energy projecting himself that he, it took a toll and he just had to die from it. But, I don't know, it just felt like a cop-out to me. Why couldn't he be there? Why couldn't he have been actually killed by Kylo Ren? And then that haunt Kylo Ren, you know? In the next film. I, I don't see any reason why it had to be... Holographic Luke Skywalker. It just meant that Luke Skywalker couldn't touch Kylo Ren in that fight. Because he was stolen for time. So we didn't even get to see a Luke Skywalker action scene. We could have. You know, when Yoda was a thousand years old in the prequels. He was fighting like a beast. We could have seen that with Luke. You know, it wouldn't have been Yoda flippy flips everywhere. But Luke could have done some shit. Like, you get this in... In uh, wrestling, quite a lot. I know this is a massive tangent. Well, like there'll be an uh, older, more experienced wrestler, and he'll use like his um, his wisdom built up over years and years of doing it to sort of get an edge over a younger, more agile opponent. You know, that's what Luke could have done. He could have used little tricks, and he could have had an actual intellectual fight with Kylo Ren, where Kylo Ren's just pure power just swinging for the fences as we've seen him do, he loses control a lot Um while well Luke Skywalker remains, you know, calm and collected and then he can, he can end it the way he watched Obi-Wan end it by having Kylo Ren strike him down and then becoming the Force Ghost because of that you know, but instead of that parallel we just get Luke Skywalker hologram then he just disappears and I found that incredibly disappointing you could have You could have had such a better finale if you didn't have Luke Skywalker just kind of bitch out, which is how it felt. I liked having Ray and Leia, you know, talk about it afterwards. Like, if he didn't feel anger or sadness, he was just peaceful. I like that. Like, that's fine. You could have also had that if he had had a sick fight with Kylo Ren. But no, they... They didn't want to... They didn't want to go for that. Um, Yoda's in this film. I love that. Having Yoda's wisdom spit at Luke was just incredible. You know, I, I can't remember the exact line, but when he says, um, they will surpass us, that is the burden of all masters. It's like, perfect. Absolutely incredible. And that's, you know, that's in the half of the film that I loved, remember? The Ray half. That Well, I didn't want to say it in the non-spoiler bit, but the Ray slash Kylo Ren half. Everything that's going on between those two characters um, is just some of the best stuff that's ever been in Star Wars. They introduced new ways the force works, like having those two sort of linked. I don't think Snoke is, you know, was behind it. I think he was just playing off them both. He wants to make out like he's more powerful than he is. Obviously he's just chopped in half, so he's not that powerful. But having the force work that way, that's really intriguing, you know. I want to see what happens. To their relationship, Uh, you know, obviously Kylo Ren's not going to win because he's the bad guy, and Star Wars is ostensibly, you know, a story about hope for kids. Let's not kid ourselves. Um, But I am interested to see what their link is. You know, I want more information about that. If the next film is 90% Ray and Kylo Ren, then I'm in. Hook, line, and sinker. But um, if it's more rebel shite, then maybe not so much. So the rebel stuff, right? They, The situation they're in, for starters, is just fucking stupid. So they're being chased by a bunch of Star Destroyers that can magically track them. Like the scene where Rose... I like Rose, by the way. Rose is a great character. The scene where Rose and Finn sort of Having that little back and forth where they figure out how they're being tracked explains nothing to the audience. They just, you know, Rian Johnson might as well be waving his fingers at the audience like, don't ignore the fact that they can just know that they can track it. it doesn't matter how. Like, it wouldn't have, wouldn't it have been more interesting if like there was a device in Finn that he didn't know about from being a stormtrooper that meant they could track him? You know, that would have been cool. Maybe maybe have like a mole on the ship. That was, you know, transmitting shit. you got to solve that. But instead, no. They have this weird situation where they're just running away from Star Destroyers who are just chasing after them in, like, the slowest chase in the world. And it's just fucking boring. Like, if we're being 100% honest, when they're like, oh, we've only got 18 hours of fuel left, it's like, really? This is the... Most exciting film of the year. This is a Star Wars film. These are the stakes. A slow speed. This is a slow speed police chase. Basically, this is you know, this is the fucking O.J. Simpson chase. O.J. Simpson's in the front in a car. The police can't really chase him down, so it's just a weird stalemate. Ugh! It it was unsufferably shit to me. It made the rebels look like idiots. It made the new order look like that sorry, not new order <laughs> the first order look like idiots. Um And there was just idiotic plans within that. Like the their plan to get out of it, okay, you gotta go over to the ship and disable the thing before they notice it's off, then we gotta jet away. That's fine. I that I was like, okay, they're gonna get out of it in an interesting way. Um okay, maybe I'm not that annoyed by this weird situation. But then they're told by uh, Maz Kanada on a holographic video screen while she's in a fucking gun battle, which, why? Fucking why? It just raises further questions that aren't ever going to be, A, either answered, or B, answered satisfactorily. Like, it's just a weird, distracting thing. But it's like, you're trying to pay attention to what she's saying. What she's saying is fairly important to the plot. But instead, you have her like rolling around and shooting shit in a little holographic bubble. Which just doesn't add anything to the film. It's just really unusual. And then she gives them the location of the master codebreaker. Who... Why? Why? Why the fuck is that in the film? This makes zero sense. So, in order to escape from the First Order... They have to hyperspace a billion miles to a planet... Get a guy... Hyperspace back... And then turn off this thing for six minutes so they can boost away. That is, there's no chance that's the best thing they could have possibly written for that scenario, right? Why not just have our team able to get aboard that ship from the off? Then you don't have to go to this bullshit casino planet or whatever. Like, having there be this sort of, you know, they introduced this uh, idea in Rogue One where like, you know, the Rebels, there's a dark side to them, you know. There's iffy shit that goes on undercover in the Rebels. You know, the idea that the Rebels aren't pure white and the First Order aren't pure dark, that there's good and bad on both sides. We already got that in Rogue One. We You don't need to hammer it home. We don't need Benicio Del Toro to go, oh, see, they also sell X-Wings to the good guys. Because it doesn't go anywhere. There's no point in which... Finn is like talking to Poe like so I discovered that uh, the same people who sell weapons to the First Order also sell weapons to us Ooh. you know there's none of that and you know it's not going to come up in the next film because who gives a fuck really it doesn't actually matter it's a completely pointless thing to bring up and it makes no difference to anything Which like, is definitely not worth going to a fucking casino planet fresh out of J.J. Abrams next Star Wars film like that bit felt so not Star Wars. Ugh, Star Trek. I apologise, I've been talking about Star Wars for the past 20 minutes. Um, These new J.J. Abrams Star Trek films, where it's, you know, whereas Star Trek the show is very much like philosophical and we're going to negotiate with these people because we're a peaceful people and we if there's a problem, we solve it with our brains, you know. We don't just jump in with guns and shoot things. We, We think our way out of problems. You know, the Star Trek films are very much we shoot our way out of problems, we shoot our way into problems. When we're inside the problem, we shoot things, and then things explode and we've saved the day somehow. This is what this casino planet felt like to me. You replace Finn and Rose with Kirk and Uhura and change nothing else about that scene, it doesn't feel out of place in a shitty Star Trek film by J.J. Abrams, you know? And that it really rubbed me the wrong way. It turns this shitty action-adventure film... With fucking horse races. Oh, we're on the horses and we're running away from a spaceship. Oh, we're blasting through the town on this giant horse. Like, none of that was thrilling. None of it was interesting. Nothing fun happens, really. They're just on these things that are presumably killing hundreds of people as they rampage through. Because they create earthquakes just by running, like, hundreds of yards away. So... They're bound to be murdering a lot of people. And um, you know, there's no fun in it. It's just it just happens. It felt that's a bit for me that felt like it's for the kids. It's things moving fast in CG that'll keep the kids' attention. And it just oh god, I absolutely despised all of the segments with the rebels. Poe is kind of made out to be a bit of a dick, but so is the Admiral, who is Being a dick to. If she had just said, Poe, there's a planet not far from here that's a fucking rebel base. We're going to fly away to it in stealth. When we get close enough, it's going to take us like 20 hours worth of fuel. But once we've reached that 20 hours worth of fuel and they blow up the ship, we'll already be long gone on our little cruisers that they won't notice flying away. How easy is that to just say to Poe? Who, up until like two hours ago... Was one of the highest ranked, if not the highest ranked, people in the rebellion, the entire fucking rebellion. You know, like, oh god, it—it's so absolutely idiotic. You could maybe argue that she thought there might be a mole on board, which is why they were tracked by the First Order, but then she never brings that up. If she did, Rose and Finn could have gone, "No, there's no, there's not a, uh, there's not a mole on board. We actually know how they're tracking us." let's all get on board with this plan and then she could have been like no no no! so don't do this stupid plan where you for some reason go to a casino planet and look for a guy with a red flower on his shirt maybe don't do that i've got this actual plan which is cool and then you know if you'd never even mentioned any of this code breaker shit with maz canada if you would never had them be like oh we know how their tracking goes it's through this subspace, blah bloody, blah de blah, blah blah That would have been enough. You take that to the fucking captain of the ship, and she says, ah, okay. Well, I have a plan, and your discovery doesn't interfere with this plan, so we're all fucking cushy. And then you still have the ending, where they're on the salt planet. You can still have that. Very easily. You just take away the middle 30 minutes where they're... Racing horses and in a fucking prison with Benicio Del Toro. For fuck all reason. And on a casino planet. The only reason that casino planet is there. Is so Disney can ejaculate CG on your face. That's it. I normally don't mind that shit. But in my Star Wars film. When I'm getting some of the best Star Wars stuff I've ever gotten. Out of Ray and Luke Skywalker and Kylo Ren. Like I. If you just cut out all that shit and just put it in its own one hour long Blu-ray, I would buy it today. Like, I would fucking... I'd buy two copies, just to show them how much I appreciate them doing that for me. Like, I don't need any of the rebel shit in this film. It detracts, it's written badly, it's there for padding out the runtime. You know, if you're listening to this podcast, you you play video games, so you've played a game that should be three hours long, but instead they have you trudging back and forth across the map a bunch of times for no reason to make it six hours so they can charge you more. This is what the, the this film does, you know? Instead of writing a sensible plot to do with the Rebels, they have them fuck about for 45 minutes because they know that's 45 minutes of film that otherwise you wouldn't sit through. And it's fucking depressing. I, I just expect more from my Star Wars. Um, the scene where Leia gets blown out into space and then floats back all forcey force. Um I don't I don't think she should have survived that. I think you should have had her in the vacuum of space, you know, her hands twitching. But I think she should have used those last moments to like communicate with Kylo. You know? Then we could see the emotion on his face. Cause we don't really need Leia for the for the rest of the film. I love Leia. Don't get me wrong, I fucking love Leia. But maybe Leia's death, if you put it a bit later in the film, maybe, maybe that helps Luke decide to come to the planet and help, you know, take out Kylo at the end. With my ending version where it's not a hologram, it's actually Luke. Maybe that's, you know. So yeah, I, I just, there's so many decisions in this film where that I don't understand the decision they made at all. It actually beggars belief for me. Like, why can Leia magically survive the vacuum of space and float back? Because she's a Jedi? I don't think that's good. I don't think that's good at all. And nobody questions it. Nobody's like, oh my, how does she do that? No one asks. I thought Finn at least would, you know. How is she still, How is she alive right now? No, no one, no one bothers. All they say is like, oh, she's really weak. We need to get her in a hospital bed. Like, are you kidding me? Nobody has anything more to say. Ugh, it, it annoyed the shit out of me, that. I love Leia. I'm glad she's not dead. But her death there would have served a very real purpose for the rest of the film. You know, if Kylo Ren has already killed Han Solo, and then his mother's dead as well, and he still doesn't feel like he can commit fully to the dark side, that says a lot about his character. So when Ray's like he can turn, we believe it more. Instead of, you know, when he kills Snoke, which is fucking awesome, by the way. Like, incredible. Even though we don't know who the fuck Snoke is. It kind of doesn't matter. kind of really does. Um, when he kills Snoke, we would understand it more. Because we don't really see conflict in him. Other other than, like, you know, kind of seems like he wants to bone Ray. Understandable. But, you know, it, it just... For me... It just reads as a uh, missed opportunity. Especially, you know... Knowing that Carrie Fisher died. Which is absolutely heartbreaking. She died basically around Christmas last year, I believe. So that's even worse. Um, If you had... Had her die there... Then I... I think that could have been really, really strong. Like, it it would have made a huge impact. Maybe not have her die in such a... um, rough circumstance you know obviously her getting sucked out of that uh blast hole was cg so you could have cg'd her in some other predicament but um i don't know it it would have been a very violent end but the fact that kylo didn't even shoot the missile would have been that would have been very poignant for me if he says to his fighters you know take my lead come with me and then they shoot because they assumed he was gonna because he had he had it in their sights then he can feel, like, regret about that. And that's what makes him able to sort of overcome Snoke's... I don't know. Anyway, that's... Neither... Neither here nor there. Um, I'm talking about stuff that didn't happen that I wish had happened. Which isn't really what the spoiler section's for. I'm trying to think... Anything else happens of note. Uh Ray's parentage gets, I guess, revealed? You could argue that Kylo is you know lying to her but I think the idea that Ray's parents were nobodies they weren't Obi-Wan Kenobi they weren't Luke Skywalker they weren't Han Solo you know there's no Skywalkers involved there's no Kenobis involved I think that idea is actually way stronger I kind of any time they'll bring up you know who her parents were going to be I could feel my heartbeat increasing like bum 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 bum, bum. like oh my god is you and McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi about to appear on the screen? Holy fuck, I'm going to lose my shit. Um, but then when Kylo is just like, go on, you tell me. You've always known. Who are your parents? And she's like, they're nobodies. And he's like, yeah, they're in a fucking ditch somewhere because they sold you for drug money. Like, holy fuck, that's so much more powerful than any other Star Wars canon person it could have been. You know, if Palpatine had fucked a hooker in, in some... Hive of scum and villainy somewhere, and Rhea popped out. Way less interesting than just she's the parent of no one, you know. It's a bit like Ratatouille in, the, in that way, you know. Not anyone can be a Jedi, but a great Jedi can come from anyone, you know. Like that idea is so much stronger um, than her just being Obi-Wan Kenobi's child or whatever, you know. Um, I do think the very, very, very ending whereby a small child is being told the story of Luke Skywalker and then he goes outside and he casually pulls a broom towards himself with the force and then looks up at the stars holding the broom almost like a lightsaber. I thought that was fucking gash. What the fuck? Like, it all... So, the end of this film, there's no... Rebellion left. There's like 12 people left. All our main characters and a few people who aren't main characters are all still about and they're like, we're gonna rebuild the rebellion. We, People are gonna hear about this. Uh, then they're gonna, gonna rebuild the rebellion. Everyone's gonna give a shit again. Why? Why cripple the rebellion in the second film? That... You may think that's like, oh, it's such a big shake-up for the Star Wars universe. The Rebellion's basically defeated and they have to rebuild. How unfun does it sound to see a film where the Rebellion are being rebuilt? Because, A, either the next film is them rebuilding the Rebellion, which sounds fucking dull, or just the opening crawl of the next film is after they're defeated the Rebellion is rebuilt stronger than ever. And that's it. The ending of the Last film is inconsequential. Like it Oh man, it just it, it annoyed me so hard, especially because that kid at the very end, like I don't want to say this about a child, but I will because why not? This is my podcast. Um I've never seen a child with a more punchable face, right? <laughs> that is not a charismatic child at all. You want me to get excited because that kid is looking up at the stars like he's gonna be a Jedi? That kid, that kid who reminds me of the little shit who played Anakin Skywalker in episode one. Fucking good job, Brian Johnson. You've made me not want to see the next film. Like, it's just, oh my God, it annoyed me so much. Like, that, even earlier on in the film, when you see that little kid's face, you're like, oh, that's a little, that's a young little Anakin Skywalker there. <laughs> oh, fuck me. Get him off the screen fucking now. And then to see him at the end be what the film hangs its hat on. Like, oh, it's just, such a bad decision just absolutely breathtakingly awful oh like is it the worst ending to a star wars film i think it could be i can't think of a worse ending i mean compare it to fucking where um, empire strikes back ended you know luke's had his hand cut off han solo's been taken frozen in carbonite like holy shit that's that's a fucking ending right there Our heroes are low, but they're low in a way that you can sort of build upon. It I guess that doesn't that's not a great way of me explaining myself. What I mean is, you know, where Luke Skywalker is at the end of that film, he's been defeated by Darth Vader, he's just learned Darth Vader is his fucking father, he's emotionally destroyed, you know. You wanna see how Luke bounces back from that. You know, you want them to get Han Solo back. You want to see what's going on with that? In the end of this film, you either nullify it in the start of the next film, as I said, the opening crawl is just the rebellion is rebuilding its strength, blah blah blah, or you show them rebuilding the rebellion in the next film. Both of which are very dull, and I just ugh, it it annoyed me because. I want so much more out of Star Wars. Especially now, when the franchise is just... There's a film every fucking year. And so far, the two films they've done, in my opinion, have been fucking fantastic. I just want them to keep it up. You know, like the way everyone kind of... As there's a new Marvel film coming out, there's always some critic who's like, I don't know, I think I might be getting... uh, a bit sick of these uh, superhero films. Superhero fatigue. Blah, blah, blah. And then the next Marvel film comes out. And it's also fucking fantastic. Like the 22 films that came before it, dickhead. And then that guy has to be like, yeah, well, this one was really good. But I, I feel like the next one might be too many superheroes. It's like, fuck off, you fucking twat. I was hoping this would be that. I was hoping this would be, yeah, there's going to be a Star Wars film every year. But every year going to be a fucking awesome Star Wars film that you'll fucking love, Gareth. Because you fucking love Star Wars and these are great films. But now, like, now there's been a Star Wars film that has broken that only three films into this grand experiment of pumping out Star Wars films every year. And that kind of kind of uh, takes a lot of wind out of my sails. Um, other bits. I thought Finn should have died. I thought it would have been really great for his character to have died there. Um, I really like the character of Rose so having her sort of be in love with Finn didn't make sense because all Finn had been in this film was kind of a douchebag like you know when he tried to get off the ship and she caught him I thought great you know Finn is kind of a dick that's good that's a kind of refreshing character like he Han Solo was a dick but in a lovable kind of roguish way Finn, he just—he looked like a massive coward. Like, why, why is he always wanting to go after Rey? They weren't really that close by the end of the last film. Like, you know, it's kind of weird. Does he just want to nob her? I understand if he does, but he he never—you know—he hit on her a little bit in the other film, but never really got to be more than that. So, for him to be kind of the douchebag trying to desert her and run away, you know, I thought good make him interesting, make him a bit of a a dick, Uh, but then obviously he has a heart of gold in the end and he'll, he'll, you know redeem himself, and I thought his death here would have redeemed himself he was ready to die it made sense for his character to die because there's nowhere else for that character to go he beat Phasma, like, in a fight like, that would have been a good way to end his character his death would have Felt impactful because a lot of people really like the character. I like his character. I think it's interesting. Kind of a character we'd not seen in a Star Wars film before. For him to die there would have felt like a loss. In a way that Luke Skywalker's... You know, quote-unquote death doesn't feel like. You know, he died in the same way Yoda died. We saw Yoda in this film. <laughs> like, it's hard to feel that emotional about it... When you know he's just he could come back as a Force ghost at any time. Whereas if Finn had died stopping them breaking in to this giant door, that would have felt like it carried serious weight, you know? Similar to the um the way Rosa's sister dies right at the start of the film. Where she dies bombing that um I think they call it a dreadnought, didn't they? Yeah. Um bombing that dreadnought, you know? That little character moment with Rosa's unnamed sister at the start of the film that was fantastic. That that made the rebellion feel like like a ragtag bunch of people who... Even every little X-Wing has a guy in it who's fighting for what they believe in. So much they're willing to die for it. Like, so effective, that opening action scene. Um, And Finn dying would have echoed that. Except now it's somebody we care about. But, it, you know, this war's going to claim people. It feels like an actual war then. But instead... Rose saves him, and then everything's fine anyway, because of course it is. I don't know. I think it would have been really, really good if Finn died for the film uh, overall. It would have made everything feel like it had actual stakes. Like, you know, sure, the entire rebellion dies, apart from everyone we care about. We don't care about the people in those fucking ships. Like, especially now, retroactively, like when you think about the beginning of that film Rose's sister dying in an act of heroism that blew up a dreadnought like you're supposed to care about the faceless grunts in the rebellion but then when the rest of the film is just like the important characters we care about and only those characters then you forget about the grunts again whereas Finn dying would have reinforced this idea of people in the rebellion care so much about the freedom of the galaxy, they're willing to die for it. Just remind you of that. You know, it would have been, I feel like it would have been really, really powerful. Uh, I'm just going to have a quick think because I don't want to uh, miss anything. Um, Ray in the weird mirror universe, uh, I don't really like that at all. Um, but all, like I said, all our interactions with Kylo Ren were superb. Um, I think Kylo Ren's story with Luke Skywalker was absolutely perfect like having Luke Skywalker stood above him sensing the darkness and then a moment of pure instinct activates his lightsaber and then it immediately regrets it and decides against it but it's too late you know we've all done shit like that someone you know bumps into you on the train and you think instantly for a second like I want to kill that cunt and then the second later you're like, no, 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 no. Just calm down, it's just a busy train. I'm just, you know, I've had a long day. Or oh, whatever. Luke Skywalker did that. And then <laughs> Kylo Ram basically tried to murder him for it, you know? We can all relate to that. And I think, much like the, you know, raised parentage thing was like, such a simple idea. um, Quite, you know, kind of small. Who's Who were Ray's parents? Who his main character's parents? Oh, they were nobodies, you know? Like, what's the story of... Luke Skywalker and Kylo Ren uh, Luke kind of did something impulsive where, when he didn't actually mean it like what that's awesome like to have such these little character moments uh, in this film but then feel massive is uh, a testament to how great those scenes are but overall the entire film was hugely disappointing for me I would love it by the way Um, if you disagree or if you agree To get in touch on Twitter, at GameBanter, all one word, G-A-M-E-B-A-N-T-E-R. Just let me know what you thought, if you disagree, if you agree. I'll have a little chat with you on Twitter about it. If I've forgotten anything, I apologise. I did see the film, like, a day and a half ago, so it's not the most fresh in my mind. I would have recorded this uh, yesterday, but I was sleeping most of the day. (laughs) So that's, I think that's it from me. So this has been me talking about uh, Star Wars The Last Jedi. I thought it was good, which for a Star Wars film, in my opinion, is very bad. <laughs> um, I just expect so much from a Star Wars film. Force Awakens lived up to my expectations. So did um, Rogue One, but this film did not. So, you know... If you've sat through all of this, you've already seen the film, so I don't need to I don't need to tell you to go and see it. You've already seen it. Maybe go and see it again and see if what I'm saying makes sense. I know I'm probably going to see it again with my girlfriend because I'm an idiot. Even if I didn't enjoy a film massively, I'll still go and see it twice because it's Star Wars. So that's me. I'm going to stop rambling now. Uh, like I said earlier, for the people who turned off before spoilers, I hope you have a fantastic Christmas and a wonderful new year. And we will try and get out a podcast soon, hopefully talking about you know games of the year and all that stuff. But just putting anything in your podcast feed, I hope, because we we love to provide entertainment for you guys, even the like three of you that probably listen to this. And uh, I hope that we can do that more often in 2018. So without further ado, thank you for listening to this, and here's some Star Wars music to play you out. Well.